Hello, welcome to New Community Elkins podcast. I am Bobby Benavides, lead pastor of New Community Elkins, and I'm excited to have you here with us. I hope you enjoyed the message. May it move you to a deeper relationship with Jesus and encourage you in growing with him. Well, hey, good morning again, New Community Elkins. Excited to be with you guys as we move into the third part of our Rethinking Religion uh, series. So far, we've talked a lot through James, uh, the idea of what pure religion is actually recognized as in regards to the idea of how we use our words and what we're, what we're saying and, and how we truly live out caring for those who are broken and oppressed and marginalized. And we're going to look at it a little bit deeper today. We're going to be looking at the book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, the prophet, um, Isaiah, who was about 700 years before Jesus even came, was a prophet about the coming Messiah. He was, he was prophesying to the people of Jerusalem, letting them know that there is someone coming who's going to rescue them, who's going to bring salvation, who's going to bring healing and restoration to God's people. And so he was sending out this message. And, and now some historians believe that you know he didn't write the entire uh, book of Isaiah, that there are other prophets that kind of jumped in, but he wrote the majority of it. And so when Isaiah wrote this message, he was writing to a people who were waiting and longing for something more to come, who were waiting and longing for someone to come and rescue them from captivity, rescue them from, from being enslaved and in bondage uh, from different empires. There's the Assyrians, the Babylonians, they were, they were through all of it, and so they were waiting for something greater to come. And so when Isaiah writes this message, he's writing to a group of people who have kind of lost their religion a little bit. It actually, they've actually lost the idea of what it really means to truly be engaged with God and what it truly means to be living for him. They were doing a lot of rituals, they were doing a lot of techniques, and they were doing all the things that they were thinking were right, but they weren't necessarily living up to what God wanted them to be and who he wanted them to be. And so when we're looking at this section in Isaiah, Isaiah 58 to be exact, we're going to be looking at what God requires of his people. He doesn't require ritual. He doesn't require techniques. He doesn't require specific rules and regulations. There's something about his people that he requires something deeper, something that, that moves us into action for him and for others. So we're looking at this section here in Isaiah 58, but let me go ahead and pray for us as we move into this time. Father, again, we praise you. Lord, we honor you in this place. Lord, we long to be the church that you define. We long to be the people who serve you and live out your desires over ours. Father, move in this time. Teach us in this time. Speak to us in this time. Guide us to be who you want for us to be in this world. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So Isaiah 58. And we're going to be reading the entire chapter. It's 14 verses. It's a lot of Bible. I get it. But we're going to go through it. Okay, so here we go. Cry aloud. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. What a great way to start, right? Okay, guys, it's time for you to acknowledge the fact that you've been sinning and that you are messing things up. Hope you keep reading, right? That's kind of how I read this right now. 
Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? You see, in that first section, this is what people were doing in fasting. You see, in this Lenten season right now, right, as we prepare, as we prepare for Jesus to come, we're in Lent. So people are actually practicing this act of fasting. And some people do it in a way where they want to demonstrate. Look at me, I gave up chocolate, you know, I gave up soda. And I, look, I'm not, I'm not mocking intentionally. But at the same time, we do tend to do this. We want to make sure everybody knows I'm giving up something. So when Easter comes, oh my gosh, I'm so famished for my chocolate bunnies. I can't wait to eat them. This is what happens. And he's saying, look, what you've been doing with this fasting has been a way to demonstrate all your glory and all your self-righteousness. You've been covering yourself with ashes and sackcloth. And, and in reality, though, when you're doing this and you say you want to fast, but yet you still want to fight with each other and you still want to argue with each other and you still want to create separation and you don't want to unify, you don't want to bring people together, you're actually just trying to make things look good for you, but you don't care about your neighbor in any way. It's all about you and your glory when you're fasting like this. Because fasting should shift you. Fasting should lead you to a deeper connection with your Savior. And real religion that's practiced properly will draw you to a place of humility and brokenness and a place where you are actually seeking what God seeks. You're actually seeking to live out the desires that God has for you and what he has for his people. And he's trying to bring his people together. But when people who are saying that they love God and they want to go ahead and do all these rituals and they want to practice religion, they want to go to church, they want to listen to somebody preach to them, they want to go ahead and lift their hands on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday, they don't care about anybody else. Monday through Saturday, they're talking trash about other people who don't agree with them. Monday through Saturday, they're, they're looking down upon people who, you know, they're not, like, they're not like us. I'm better than they are. At least I'm not in that realm, right? At least I'm not addicted to something. At least I'm not doing that. At least I'm not participating in that activity. At least I'm not living like this. And we start doing this comparison, and we start doing this quarreling amongst ourselves. And he's saying, that is not religion. That is not what my people are supposed to be doing. Is this not, this is not the fasting I desire of you, especially if you're claiming me in the process. This is actually what I look for. Going to verse six, is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring, spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The 
the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger in speaking wickedness. Oh, we're not seeing any of that right now. We're not seeing anybody pointing fingers at anybody and, and speaking wickedly about it. I mean, like, this is actually nothing. This does not apply to us in any way. I know. I, but I just want to read it. Hmm. Anyway, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and you shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I could close the Bible right there and say, let's pray. But unfortunately, I can't do that. Because then, I feel like I wouldn't be doing you justice. Because I think what happens is we hear this, and then we walk away from it. As we see in James, what he said was, don't be just hearers of the word and not doers of the word. And so if we're going to hear this, we need to start doing this. Am I right? Because the reality of it is, is that we are seeing this whole call to God's people saying, look, if you're going to fast, if you're going to be doing the things to, to say that you honor me and that you love me and that you want to be a part of me and you want to be a part of my kingdom and you want to be a part of a relationship with my family, you want to be heirs to the throne, you want to be called children of me, then this is what I require of you. Stop arguing. Stop being bitter. Stop holding hatred towards others and start feeding the hungry. Start clothing the naked. You see, this is what religion is. And if you're not catching on in the past two Sundays, I'm going to go ahead and just give it to you now since we only have one Sunday after this. Religion is not about you or me as individuals. It's about the other. It's about caring for the needs of others, not wanting, am I being fed? Am I being cared for? Am I getting what I need out of worship? Am I getting what I need out of, it's like, that's not what religion is about. That's not what true religion is about. True religion moves us to care for one another. True religion moves us to care for the needs of each other. So now, I'm not worried about whether or not I'm getting something out of this because the reality of it is, if things are being done right, then my brothers and sisters will be making sure that I'm getting something, that I'm being cared for by them. And then I'm able to care for my brothers and sisters in their time of need and what they're hoping for and what they're expecting. You see, this, when religion is done correctly, when we are walking into what God would say is right religion, then we are now saying it is not about me, because what I've received in eternity...
Because we have to believe and we have to understand that eternity is enough for us. We should not be longing for, for anything more. And so because we've received eternity, now we live in that understanding. And so we care for people and the understanding that it points to eternity. It points to the kingdom of God. It brings glory to the one who made us. So when we are fasting, when we are choosing to fast, we are releasing the bonds of wickedness, undoing the straps of the yoke to the letter, pressed, go free. You see, some people would say, oh, look at this. I heard somebody use this term the other day and it really made me mad. I'm still trying to get clarification as to what it meant. But he was referring to an idea called wokeology. And I still don't get it. Because when he was saying this idea, it was, and, and I, I'm trying to understand it fully, but from what I understood was this guy, another famous pastor, was actually speaking out in support of people who have been oppressed and marginalized. Speaking out to care for our African-American brothers and sisters. Speaking out to care for the LGBTQ community. Speaking out to care for people who have been feeling like they are, they've been separated and pushed aside. And he's speaking out saying, look, we have to rise up and care for them in their time of need. And, and, and looking at this and saying, look, this is what we have to do. And somebody said, oh, look at this guy and his mobility. And I said, well, explain this to me. Because what I read in scripture is a whole lot of mobility. <laughs> Like what I'm reading right here in these words is something that tells us that we should be caring for those who are in poverty, caring for those who are hungry, caring for those who have been oppressed and pushed down by a society that's supposed to care for them. Caring for those who have been taken advantage of. And when you see this in scripture and then people start preaching this from scripture and you say, oh, look at that, that's, that's just being woke. I don't understand it. Because this is what we see our Savior teaching us. I mean, I know you can go to an extreme. I get it. You can go to an extreme on either side. But when we look at what Jesus says, and we look at what Isaiah says here, that true religion that is moving in a way that God is going to find honorable and actually lift you up, right? And lift you up and make you a watered garden. That means you're going to be producing something good. And people are going to want to be a part of that and want to take part in what's being produced. That you're going to actually get to take part in a generational thing, that you're going to see the generation upon generation coming to know Christ and coming to be a part of the kingdom. You're going to be restorers of the breach. You're going to be restorers of streets to dwell in. Just imagine that. Can you just imagine that? What, what, could it, what would it look like if the church really said, this is what we're going to do. To practice our religion well, we are really truly going to practice feeding the hungry and caring for the poor. We are really truly going to practice, stop pointing fingers at whose fault it is, and just take action and be a part of the healing process and restoring process. What would happen if the church stepped foot onto the streets and said, Look, we see there's a drug problem in our city. We see that there's, there's stuff that's violence in our cities. We see this stuff. Now let's go ahead and start being restorers of the streets to dwell in. 
Let's start loving people in the midst of their pain. Let's start understanding their stories. Let's start walking into the midst of their lives and understanding what brought them to the point that they're in. And yes, it's a risk. Yes, it's hard. But you know what? Religion that is practiced properly is going to be difficult. Because religion that requires us to care for others and move us to care for others makes us, puts us in a vulnerable position. Am I right? Because now, well, what if I get taken advantage of? What if, what if I care too much and they don't care back? What if I give them so much love and all they do is betray me and turn their back on me? Then I'm going to say to you, Welcome to what Jesus did. Because Jesus loved unconditionally. Jesus moved into the lives of the broken. The ones who were forgotten, the ones who were pushed aside, the ones who were judged, the ones who were looked down upon. He sat with them at their dinner table. He called them down from a tree. He knelt down with them on the street. He healed them. He restored them. Only to have them turn their back. Only to have them take advantage of them. Only to have them spit on them and send them to the cross. You see, those fears that we hold, Jesus went through. And I'm pretty sure that we don't have to worry about anybody putting us on the cross. We just might be hurt a little bit. But we still walk into the religion that God calls us to walk into. We still live out the faith that we are desiring to live. We still do what he has asked us to do. We step in and we restore the streets. We repair the breach. What is broken down around us? What needs to be healed around us? What needs to be restored around us? We, as the church, have to be the ones who step in and do something. We cannot point fingers and say, look at the government failing. Well, look at, look at that. Look, at, look what the government should be doing. They, they should be taking care of this. They should be restoring. And you know what? Yeah, they have a role to play in things. But when the church has said, it's not our responsibility anymore, we have lost our religion. When the church said we are not going to care about these things anymore, we are going to care about our own buildings, we're going to care about our own stuff, we're going to make sure that we're taken care of, we're going to make sure that I'm taken care of, I'm going to make sure that I'm being fed, I'm going to make sure that I'm being loved, I'm going to make sure that I'm getting what I need out of worship, and if I'm not, I'm going to bounce to another church to make sure that I feel this way, and that I get taken care of, and that I feel, I feel, I feel, and God's like, it's not about you. So quit that. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God first and foremost, but love your neighbor as you love yourself because that's just like loving God because they bear the image of me. And so when they are out there in need, when they are the prisoner, when they are the naked, when they are the hungry, every time we do something unto the least of these, we are doing it unto our Savior, Jesus Christ. Those are words that we find in Scripture. And if we cannot live into those, and if we cannot be that, then we got to check what kind of religion we're following. Are we following a religion of me 
Are we following a religion of the great I am? And we have to ask ourselves that. And we have to be willing to step on our own toes a little bit. Get uncomfortable. Where have your biases been? Where have your fears been? Where have you been unable to step into the lives of the broken and the oppressed because, you know, of all those things I mentioned? Where have you allowed yourself to say, I'm not going to care because I don't want to be woke? Because that's when our religion is failing. Isaiah had to bring his people back. Isaiah had to bring God's people back to what it means to practice true religion. And it meant to say, acknowledge your sin, because that is a sin that you've been living in. Acknowledge it. Turn from it. And start doing what the Lord has asked you to do. So he can lift you up. So he can use you to be the garden that people can be fed from. Just imagine what our city would be like. Imagine what families would be like. Imagine what this world would be like if the church would be the church practicing the religion that God offers. Let's pray. Father, we, we honor you. Lord, we know who you are in your might. We know who you are in your graciousness. We know who you are in your mercy. We know who you are in your healing and restoration of your people. We know, God. We know you're saying, you sent your son because you love the world so much that you sent him so we could have life everlasting. Not so he can condemn, but so we can be set free. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the example that he set. But Lord, we must confess that we haven't been following his example very well all the time. That when we call ourselves Christians, we should be realizing that that holds a lot more weight than just a title. A Christian follows Christ. A Christian listens to the words and lives life by the words that Jesus spoke. Humble us, God. Show us where we've been lacking. Show us our biases. Show us our prejudice. Show us our own things that we've been holding on to, our, the desires that we've been trying to achieve and not looking to what you call honorable and righteous. May our desires become your desires, Lord God. May we see the world around us, and may we long to see the streets restored. May we long to see the breaches rebuilt. May we be the ones who step in. May the church rise up, God, and be who we're supposed to be. Because we cry your name on Sunday morning. We plead for your mercies. We ask for your healing. But Lord, you're also asking us to heal others and to point to your kingdom. Move us, Lord. Move us. Break.
break us down, rebuild us, so we can be the church in this world that you are longing for us to be. And we praise you in your mighty, glorious name. We thank you. God, we thank you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening to New Community Elkins podcast. Again, I'm Bobby Benavides, the lead pastor here, and I'm glad you came to listen. May it encourage you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. May you move with him daily.